All right, good morning, everyone. How are you? I made Anna play that song. She advised against it, but I requested it, so don't blame her, blame me. Um, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Leverage the Listing. How I'm going to teach you today, and, and my business partner, Anna McKill, we're both going to teach you today on some tools, techniques, and strategies to not only get the listing sold uh, quickly and effectively, but also how to leverage getting more deals from your listing. So how we can get at least two more pieces of business, three more pieces of business from that uh, single listing. Uh, as always, please make sure you have pen and paper. Uh, there's going to be notes to uh, be had. Uh, that make no sense. Notes to be taken. And from there, uh, we're going to jump in. So one of the reasons we put on these classes is because, number one, I have a passion for listings. Uh, listings changed my life. Listings changed everything for me. And so I really want to make sure that I can pass on and hope that everyone understands how powerful this opportunity is. And when you learn how to maximize each step of this process, it can change your life. Um, I, I was just kind of explain where I came from so people know anyone can do this. So many of you know, I have a GED. Uh, that was the highest grade level I ever completed was the eighth grade. Um, I was in and out of the social service system from age 11 until I emancipated at 17. And uh, from there went into the army. And after the army, I uh, got into real estate. And my mentor taught me above everything else that if you learn the listing game, control the inventory, you can have anything you want. Well, maybe not anything. You can have a lot of things that you want because it frees you with the income and time to do what you want to do to have an amazing life. So what we're going to teach you today is what we've learned over the last 20 years of real estate. We've also researched the top performers. So a lot of our data comes not only from us, but from research that we did with the top performing agents across the country. And I'm excited to share it with you. So uh, if you have questions, feel free to pop those in the chat box. If you have, uh, if you want to jump off mute, you can do that. Raise your hand, please, just because uh, we want to make sure that we, we don't miss you. And to also put it in context, um, now at this point of being in real estate, um, I have a, an amazing organization called the Bardic Group. Uh, this year, we're on track to do just over $5 million in gross commission income. Uh, we have some of the most talented associates, and, uh, agent partners in the entire real estate industry. And a lot of how we got here was built off of the techniques you're going to learn today. So without further ado, let's jump in. Um, to leverage the listing. All right, so let's get into the first part of this, which is what agents don't realize is that normally, I see this in the market all the time, is an agent takes a listing uh, or stumbles upon a listing and they're so excited and they're like, okay, my mission is to get this listing sold. My job is to get this listing sold. And the surprising truth is, is that's not what your job is. Your job is to, of course, help the seller sell the property in the fastest possible way for the highest amount possible, which we're going to talk about today, and then leverage this beautiful gift of a listing to help you produce more business and give you more free time because you're not running around showing buyers 45 different houses so you can move on to the next listing and continue to grow your business. So I want you to think today, and it's gonna be hard for, for some of us to realize that, of course, we wanna, we wanna do a great job for our seller, but at the same time, this whole piece of this business is to help promote you and earn additional business. So it's a, it's a win-win, no matter how you look at it. So when we're talking about earning more business, and especially when we're leveraging the listing, we wanna start with, when does the marketing process start? So when you start thinking about this of going, okay, I, I talked to the, my client, my center of influence, the expired listing, whatever it is, when do I start actually getting to market this 
beautiful gem of a listing. Well, it all starts when you go on the listing appointment. So the first part of marketing the listing and leveraging more business from it is at the actual listing appointment. Not after you've taken the listing, not, not you know, you know, a week later, it's at the listing appointment. So the first thing you want to do when you secure a listing or when you secure a listing appointment is we want to deliver what we call the promise. The promise is one of the greatest lead generation tools for when you take a listing. We've provided the script below. We also have this available in our script book, which we'll put in the chat box, which you can download. But when you look at the promise, all you're doing is when you meet with your seller or sellers, you're going to explain to them in a very simple aspect that I'll just I'll just role play it with Anna. So Anna, thanks so much for for having me over. We would obviously go through and build rapport. We would use our trust qualifier and all the things we have at the at the Bardic Group. But we would then after after a certain point of rapport building, I would go Anna. One of the things that makes our organization very unique or myself very unique is we provide what we call the promise. And our promise to you is that we're going to provide you the most exceptional real estate experience on earth. Now, when we deliver on that promise, I'm going to ask you at the end of the transaction to do two things for me. Number one, provide me a five-star review on whatever site you're trying to dominate, Zillow, Yelp, Google business page, your preference. And number two, I'm going to ask that you refer someone else to us that we can help provide this exceptional experience to as well. Does that sound fair? Yeah, absolutely. So in that very short script, right, I'm, I'm getting a verbal contract to get a five-star review, which is going to get me more business, right? Reviews are, are key. And then number two, they're going to commit to giving me a referral of someone else to help with. Now, that's just the, the bottom layer of this entire process. Now, the way that we bring it to life is in the actual transaction processing of it. So when I deliver the promise, I go, Anna, and now with that promise, what during the transaction, I'm going to check in with you. And if you have a team, my, my, you know, a transaction management team and processors and all this, my team is going to check in with you, my listing manager to make sure that we're delivering on that promise. So Anna, if any point we get sideways on something or things get a little, you know, you're, you're frustrated about anything, please let me know immediately. Let anyone from my team know. I want to address it. I want to fix it. And then I want to make sure that we're continuing to deliver on that exceptional real estate experience. Is that fair? She would say yes. Right. So, so now she's going to say yes to that. Now, as we move forward, um, I'm going to check in with uh, the promise three points during the contract. Number one, uh, after, <clears throat> after the listing goes live, and after the listing goes live, we're going to, meaning on the MLS and everywhere else, the listing manager is going to go, hey, everything's live, looks beautiful. This is, the, this is the highlight time of the listing relationship, right? It's like everything is launching from this point. She's going to ask, so again, we wanna check in, we wanna make sure we're delivering on the promise. And, and while we're delivering on it, does anyone come to mind that, that we could also provide this same exceptional experience to? So she's going to ask, or you're going to personally ask right at the time after the listing goes active. You're not going to wait to the end. Then the next point, the, so point number two is after we get past inspection. So inspections usually where things get a little squirrely, people get a little fussy, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so we're going to do that next piece right after that. So she'll call, you'll call, ask the same thing, ask for the referral a second time. Then the last point is the day before closing. So great, tomorrow's the closing, we've got clear to close, I'm so excited, blah, 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 blah. Check in one more time there. So it's an opportunity to not only get one referral, possibly multiple referrals, but they're not gonna ever think about it because during this time, they're just gonna be excited that they're getting past these monumental pieces of the transaction. So please practice this, use it. You don't have to call it the promise. You could call it your commitment. You could call it your pledge. Put whatever name you feel comfortable with on it um, that, that you feel would come out naturally. But if you're not utilizing this, you're leaving deals for someone else to take, all right? So now 
after we delivered the promise, we have to be very clear on understanding if we're going to leverage the listing, we have to be crystal, crystal clear that there are only two factors that cause a home to sell. So in the chat box or come off of mute, what are the only two factors in all of real estate that cause a home to sell? What do you think? You can put anything in there. What do you think? Give me, give me something. Time and price. Thank you, Michael. Michael, so price and time, right? Anybody else? Anything else besides price and time? What causes a listing to sell? Good. That's why you're here. Excellent. Condition. There you go. I like it, Kendra. So Michael was exactly correct, right? When we look at this, the only thing that affects a home selling is price and time. If we price any property low enough, it will sell. If we give any property a long enough time to sell at whatever crazy price the seller wants, it will eventually sell. It might take 10, 15, 25 years, but it'll eventually sell at that price. So once you really dial in and completely understand that those are the only two factors, then you realize to be able to leverage this listing, you're in a battle between those two because you only have a certain amount of time and the property will only sell at a certain price. Okay. So in leveraging the listing, the biggest tool that you have to understand is you have to be able to price the property correctly and have powerful pricing conversations because here's what I hear all the time from agents is, um, well, you know what, Brendan, I'm really just going to, my seller wants 600,000. I'm going to get them 600,000. Well, the market's moving at 550. Unless you have a magic wand that I'm not aware of, I don't know how you're going to, you know, magically tootle out $50,000 extra value when it doesn't exist. Right? So it's our job to educate and have powerful conversations with our clients to make sure that we get the home price at a, at a price that's going to cause it to sell and not only sell, but get activity at the highest level. All we're doing when we create a price for a home is we're setting an asking price. I want you to take away from this, write that down. Use the words asking price. You're not creating a list price. You're not setting a sales price. This is an initial asking price that you're creating for the home. All right. That's, that's a very critical piece that we have to make sure we understand. So in addition to that, when we're looking at this, then we know that we're going to need a certain amount of time to get this property sold. So I see some people doing 30 day listings, 90 day listings. You need to make sure that in your agreement, you have enough time to get this property sold and that you're strong enough to get the price to where it needs to be. Otherwise, everything you're doing is for nothing. I've never in my entire career doing this 20 years now have had a seller come back to me and go, you know what, Brendan, I really hope it takes us three to four months to sell. Not once has it happened. We want to sell the property that first weekend every single time, because after that, the seller starts to hate you. They hate you. They're not telling you to your face, but they don't like you. Behind that, they hang up the phone and they go, God, she's doing nothing. He's doing nothing to get this house sold. I'm paying him $30,000 for him to go play golf. Blah, 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 blah. They don't want the property to be there for a long period of time. So we have to get this right. Okay. So price and time. So I'm going to give you a very quick pricing strategy that will help you make you look intelligent in front of your sellers. Number one, make sure that as you are going into your market analysis, that you have a quick, easy way of making sure that their brain is aligned with what's going to cause this home to sell. So this is called the pricing funnel. All right. With the pricing funnel, you're going to have to remember four major numbers when you go on this listing appointment. So we're going to start with the national. So, so Anna, thanks so much for having me over today. So or, or, we'd already be past this. So Anna, now we're going to jump in and talk about how we can get you the highest price possible for your home. So let's talk about this for a moment. Right now in the entire nation, we have about 1.4 million active listings that are available for sale in the whole country. 1.4 million. Here in the state of Colorado or user state, we have about 6,200 active listings for sale here in the state of Colorado. Now, 
here in your town of Highlands Ranch, currently right now, there's about 322 active listings for sale. And then right here in your neighborhood, there's about four. So we have four, or not about, I would just say there are four. So we have four active listings here in your neighborhood of XYZ, all right? So our goal, Anna, in this process with you know, understanding the listing inventory is how are we going to stand out in the eyes of a buyer to make sure that out of those four, you're selected next to get the highest price per square foot offer that's ever happened in this neighborhood. So I'm gonna take you through in my market analysis, a pricing strategy that's going to explain to you exactly how we're going to do this. Any questions before I take you through the market analysis? Sounds great. So regardless of any of this, what number one this just did is made me sound like I have an idea of what's going on on the earth, which makes me an expert, which is gonna give them trust and confidence. And now I set up my market analysis to take them through and when they get there, they go, okay, wow, everything this, this guy's telling us or this gal's telling us is legit because obviously he knows the market, all right? So we have to make sure we're setting up the pricing conversation correctly. Now, this isn't a CMA class. We do an amazing CMA class. This is not it. We have the whole class recorded. You can, um, Anna's going to post that YouTube video. You can watch that at your leisure or listen to it on our podcast, but we're not going to talk a lot about pricing today. Just wanted to make sure pricing is important when we're leveraging the listing because if you don't get the home to sell quickly and for top dollar, you're not gonna look like a, a stellar real estate agent. You're not gonna look like a rock star and you're not gonna get a lot of future real estate business from it, all right? So now that we've set the price, the next piece to leveraging the listing is setting the expectation of the seller and the process. Remember, the reason why you love listings is because it gives you time to get more listings. The reason buyers are very difficult, we still need to work with buyers, especially in the beginning until you become a, an elite uh, listing agent, is because it takes on average six times longer to close one buyer sale than it does one listing. That's a six to one ratio. I don't want to do anything that takes me six times longer to make the same amount of money. So remember in this marketing and getting more deals out of this, the reason you're going to get a lot more deals out of this besides the marketing techniques we're going to teach you here in a second is because of the time you're getting back. The way that you get time is you have standards and you have an expectation. So the seller knows exactly what's happening. So they're not calling you and bugging you going, so what's going on, Brendan? So yeah, uh, when are we going to go active? What's all this? So in the listing appointment, we're going to set the expectation. So Monday or Tuesday, depending upon your, your timeline, we're going to let them know that we're going to schedule photography and our staging consultation. Now, in our organization, we always offer a staging consultation. We pay an outside stager to go through the property, cost about, I don't know, 250 bucks, something like that. They go to the property, work with the seller, get all of the, the uh, furniture organized so the pictures look fantastic. Also tells the seller what they need to take away, what they need to add. And if they need to do additional staging, they negotiate that directly with the seller, which keeps us from having to pay out of pocket for staging. Okay. Then we have the photography. Now, we always have a photography prep that we're, that's in our marketing plan of action, our, our value package to our um, sellers that preps them with this whole list of everything they need to do to make the house look amazing. A better looking house, better marketing, more um, leads I'm going to get from that marketing. Then Wednesday, we're going to um, provide, uh, after we get all the marketing completed, we're gonna send that to the seller for them to review. I want them to check everything and I'm going to let them know that we're going to do this so that they're in control. You know, you know, Anna, you've lived in the property longer than I have. I want you to look at everything, make sure that you like it. If there's anything you'd like us to adjust before taking it live, let me know. My goal is to make sure that you love it. Thursday listing goes live. All right. And the reason that the listing goes live on Thursday is because statistically we know that's when the most buyers, and agents look at the MLS to start scheduling showings for the weekend. That's one reason, that's the frontward facing reason. The real reason behind the scenes is 
You launch a listing on Thursday because it's going to take at least 24 hours for that listing to get into Zillow, Realtor.com to distribute to all of the other sites. I see so many agents take a listing on Friday, put the listing active on Friday, and there's sellers calling them, screaming at them going, this house isn't even on Zillow it's on Saturday morning. We're having an open house today. Brendan, where, where, what the, what? And you're like, oh my gosh, shoot me, shoot me, right? So there's a process to the madness and you have to follow it to the T to protect you. Then Friday, we have our VIP buyer showings. So Mr. Uh, so Mr. Seller, so Anna, so Anna, um, on Friday, we're going to have a special uh, uh, section here where we're just going to let in pre-buyers. Now, the reason we want to let buyers in on a Friday uh, before we actually uh, have our open house extravaganza on Saturday and Sunday is because these buyers realize that the open house, we're going to have so many people coming to our open house. If they don't make an offer on that Friday, they're probably going to lose out on this property. So the one thing is to create a frenzy. The second thing is get this beautiful baby locked up on Friday in an offer, cancel the open houses and go have some margaritas, right? And then come back to work on Monday, very happy and relaxed, right? That's, that's another, another great piece of this entire system. Now, if you don't have any buyers that make the offer, then you're going to go into your open house extravaganza on Saturday and Sunday or whatever you decide. We prefer Saturdays and Sundays and we, we go in there and we go, we're going to funnel as many people through this property as humanly possible. We're going to talk about some open house strategies here. And then the next piece is you have to set the expectation that, so Anna, we're going to have a lot of activity over the weekend. Um, uh, and what, what I want is I want the feedback is just as much as you do. A lot of agents are showing multiple properties on the weekend. I call them, I try to follow up, but they might not get back with me. The industry standard is they usually get back to me Monday morning. So Monday, uh, at 1130, I'm going to give you a call and I want to make sure that's on your calendar. We're going to go over all the feedback from the open houses. We're going to go from, go through all of the feedback from the showings. And at that point, we'll either have offers, multiple offers, or we'll discuss the strategy on what we're going to do next if we don't have an offer yet. All right. So I look forward to talking to you Monday at 1130. That is key. Make sure you get that part down. Now you have the weekend to control your time. They're not going, what happened after every showing? What happened after every showing? Oh, how many people came through the open house? How many people came through the open house? And then the other pro tip is, I recommend every seller on earth takes a mini vacation for that first weekend. There's been times where I've paid for them to go away because I don't want my hawk seller sitting there driving, parked down the street, creeping on the open house, being like, I only see two cars in the driveway, Brendan. Like, I don't think your marketing worked. No, I, and then of course, what's going to happen? Whoever's doing the open house for you, or if you're doing it, they're going to be up, they're going to be late. Something's going to go wrong. There's a lot of opportunity to screw yourself on an open house extravaganza if your seller's in town. Send them to Estes Park. Enjoy the weekend. Okay? All right. Now, we've set the expectation. Boom. We're going to go into the transition to close. This is how we initiate the marketing timeline. All right. So now we're going to start taking them through. And when we, when, if you, you know, our team and, and what we practice at the Bardic group is a very structured way of what we do. So we don't have to do a hard close. This transitions right into getting signatures with our organization. And it starts to take down the list of things that I need to be able to set the marketing calendar up correctly. All right. So now my amazing uh, business partner and friend, Anna McKeel is going to take you through all of the amazing things you can do to now market this listing to get all of those leads and extra buyers or additional listings so you can get at least two more deals. So uh, Anna, take them away on the marketing. All right. Awesome. So really every listing should provide you eight opportunities to market, right? And so if you've been a part of our webinars in the past, you know that you have to be in front of someone at least eight times before it sticks in their brain, 
right? We, we are bombarded with images. And if you are not taking the listing and doing a cadence of success in your marketing, you're missing a huge opportunity. So I'm not going to read this list, but I am going to give you some secret sauce on how to make these tactics work and leverage the listing at a higher level. So when you're doing a sneak peek, this is a perfect opportunity to highlight key features of the home, right? So you're closing at the listing appointment. You're going to take a picture of the front of the house, but in the back of your mind, think, is there a key feature that would work really well with the sneak peek, right? And that's something that you can leverage on social media in some of your posts as you put that out to the world, into your community, when you're doing your coming soon post, it's a great opportunity to highlight the surrounding area, right? Is there a cute little park? Is there a cute little coffee shop? Is there something about the experience that buyer would be interested in understanding about the neighborhood? When you're ready to do your just listed marketing, um, just give people what they want. They want the experience of the home. So whether that's a carousel of pictures, three to four Five max is about all that really triggers the social media algorithm. And it's about the attention span of, of an average adult, which is about 3.5 seconds. So anything over five posts, you're going to start losing your attention of your audience. Anna, um, Anna, do I need professional photography for the coming sooner sneak peek? Great question. Um, really, no. I mean, you can do this on your phone. Um, we're going to get to professional photography in the other slide. But yes, if you have professional photography, awesome. But some of these sneak peeks um, typically happen before professional photography is scheduled. So just get out that iPhone, make sure that the little window here is cleared up. So it's a nice, clear picture and get these on social media. So you can start drumming up excitement and that frenzy that we want, which is this house is amazing and it's going to go fast, right? And then on the open house, here's the last tidbit on this list. When you're doing the open house, do a video tour, right? Give people the experience of walking through the home, seeing the amazing features so that they can really start to visualize themselves in the home as the new owner of that house. Uh, Brennan, next slide. Awesome. So you cued me up perfectly. Let's talk about professional photography. Now, oftentimes when we talk about professional photography, real estate agents really weigh the pros and cons of the price, right? Most agents go with the base level package of photography because they have no long-term plan for these photographs. So a couple of years ago, we did a photo shoot and that photo shoot cost $500. And the people around us uh, in the organization were like, that's crazy, $500 for photography? You're nuts, like what are you gonna do? We had a long-term plan though. We've used those pictures now for almost three years in different scenarios. So $50, $100, $250 does seem like a lot of money if you're only using those pictures once. So pro tip on this, come up with a long-term plan. Um, and here are some ways you can leverage the photography so that the price per photo goes down because you're using them more than once through the listing process. So you could host um, and curate a monthly newsletter of new listings, another way to highlight that photography in front of your community. The other thing you could do on social media is do a monthly recap of all of the new listings or the just sold listings that you've had over the last 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. You could also do something really quick, like a slideshow of the pictures, put it on your YouTube page. If you're a TikToker, you can put it on your TikTok. But we have to start thinking, how can I frame this photography so that it gets out in front of people more than once? And then the other thing is, and here's another pro tip, is go through all the photography of your previous listings or your active listings and do like a top five best features of all Denver homes, right? So it could be like, this is a cool doorknob. This is a cool garden. This is a cool, right? Like any of those kind of things that help you highlight the features of a home, but really you're just continuing to get in front of your audience, which is a huge part when we talk about leveraging the listing. And then the last pro tip on this one is if you're not sending a just sold or a just listed postcard, it's an easy way to get in front of people. That postcard sits on the table at least on average seven to 14 days after people receive it. 
that's a really long time for your name to be front and center in someone's home. So those are some pro tips on how to leverage professional photography so that you're not having to justify, oh my gosh, $150 for photography for a one-time post. It's not a one-time post. It's an ongoing plan of how to leverage the listing far beyond when it closes. And the last one is, is the marketing tips. So Here's kind of the, the pro tip on this slide, if I were to say anything on it. If you're not cheering the people in your world on, they're not going to cheer you on, right? So if you're not liking and commenting on the people on your social media posts, even writing a handwritten note and going, yay, they're not going to do the same for you when you have a listing going live. So that's the huge, huge pro tip on this. Um, and the other thing is, is, you got to start sharing your life. We're talking about how to leverage the listing, but really the listing gets the likes when you show people who you really are. So if you have a passion for photography or you have a really cool rock collection, whatever it is for you, spice in your personal life while you're leveraging the listing. So they go, Ooh, I like that human. I want to work with them, right? That's what we're trying to build this connection when we leverage the listing. At the end of the day, you have to remember people want to be entertained. People go on social media and do the monotonous scroll because they're bored and they're looking for something interesting. So put yourself out there and make sure that if at all possible, put the video out, right? Video is king. It's queen. It's the whole game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Anna, the best the best reviews that we get, period, are from anyone in our organization doing that day of video at the open house or at the property because people like the, the the connection that it's live it's real like i'm seeing inside somebody's house that could possibly be in my neighborhood or a neighborhood that i might have interest living in totally right? and i think the reality is brendan is static posts or just stale pictures are the equivalent of black and white photography we're in technicolor now we need to start using video so you can continue to resist but that's like going back to black and white. So we have to kind of wrap our minds around that video is worth it. And you don't have to be on screen if you don't want. Now you will get more engagement when your face is in that video. But like Brennan said, a tour of the home during open house is a powerful way to get people to experience the home if they're not able to make it to that open house. And the last thing I'm going to say in this marketing, in these marketing tips is activate the algorithm, you have to self-promote. So if you post something on social media, you need to like your own post and you need to put a comment under your own post, like so excited for the open house, looking forward to seeing everyone there on Saturday. So if you're not willing to like and comment on your own post, do you think anyone else is going to like and comment on your post? Probably not. You have to lead by example. It's like putting that first dollar in the tip jar. Right. Somebody's, you put exactly. that dollar in so people know you're supposed to put a dollar in. Exactly. If you're running for class president, you better vote for yourself. Same thing on social media. Vote for yourself so others can do the same. I love it. I love it. Well, in talking about that, especially for the open house, as we move into open houses, the next piece about leveraging your time and, and leveraging this process is to prepare the client for showings and open house feedback. So I call it AKA rescue your weekend. So here's the email that I used for years to sell well over a billion dollars in listings in, in, in my time. And I send this every single week. So hi, John, I'm looking forward to our open house extravaganza this week. I will collect all the feedback from the showings and the open houses. I'll call you Monday. So I'm setting that email. I'm having that in the phone call because they're going to forget. You might even also want to text it to them just to make sure on that Friday they know what's going on so you don't have to deal with it during the weekend. Okay, so that's that piece. Now, as we go into open house extravaganza, why do we use the word extravaganza? Just because it sounds awesome. There's there's no other reason. We're trying to sell excitement here. So I know in, in some companies and in Keller Williams, they have what they call a seventh level. Well, we don't have a seventh level. We have a, a, a 10X or a level 10 open house that we believe in. And it starts with phase one, sending just listed postcards. I know so many agents out there that do not leverage this tool. And the reason is, is because they did, they took a listing once, they sent out just listed cards, they sent out 50 and didn't get a, a, a lead from it. 
Yeah, if you're going to send out 50 postcards, you're thinking that you're going to have a, a 50, one out of 50 person or conversion level that someone's going to respond to you on one time just listed card, you're sadly mistaken. The just listed card is just a point. You, you still might get a, a lead from it or a deal from it, but it's just a point of the process, right? That goes into this entire system. So the reason I'm really sending the just listed postcard is so that I can uh, either slide broadcast, easy text, or mojo dial that neighborhood after I've sent the postcard to invite them to the open house, okay? So step two, post open house uh, details on social media, duh. Uh, number three, connect it to a charitable event. So anytime you're doing an open house, you wanna connect it to a charitable event. So, hey everyone, I'm having this amazing open house. This could be on social or when you make the phone call or even in your just listed postcard. We're gonna have a big open house uh, this Saturday and Sunday from 12 to three. Uh, we're actually doing a clothing drive for the local veterans association. So if you have any coats, any coats that you'd wanna donate, please, please bring them by the open house and I'll make sure that they get into some very needy hands. That way, number one, you're doing something good for the universe, which is gonna make you feel better about doing your open house. Number two, it's gonna give people less reason to hang up on you when you make the phone call to invite them to the open house, right? That script becomes a lot more, you're gonna, you're gonna hang up on me and I'm trying to help veterans. You're a scumbag, right? They're not going to do that, right? They're not gonna hang up on you. So, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a psychological piece just as much as it's the right thing to do. And you can do uh, canned food drives. Right now, what, what does everyone need? Back to school supplies, right? Back to school supply drive at your open house. Why wouldn't you be promoting that? Oh, you don't wanna help the kids? Really? That's what you don't wanna do, sir? Thank you, hang up on me, right? No, it's not gonna happen, all right? So then we have to actually call. Ooh, who would have thunk it, right? So if you're gonna call the neighbors, you need to have a dialing system. So Mojo, Vulcan 7, Storm Dialer from the Red X is one of our preferred uh, partners that we like to work with. When you're working with these companies, right, the reason you have a dialer is because you can cover more territory faster and you can leave automated voice messages, all right, which is just critical. The more people you invite to your, people are like, man, I stopped doing open houses. I did like three weeks in a row and only two people showed up because you didn't invite anybody. You really think putting up three open house signs is going to get you 50 people to come to your open house? Come on. You get what you put out. Okay. Number five, door knock the area. Door knock the area the morning of or the day before the open house. Go 50 doors up, 50 doors down, 50 doors behind, however many your little lakes can handle, right? And you're going to invite people. Show up nice, you know, make sure you look like a professional, not like a scumbag, right? And you're going to show up and you're going to be like, hey, Anna, I just wanted to let you know that your neighbor down the street used their name, you know, Todd and uh, Stephen. God, that's pretty weird names. Todd and Steven, uh, they're having an open house uh, where they're selling their property. They're moving out of state and they really would love for you to come by and take a look at the property and give your feedback on anything you think we might need to do to make it more sellable. And if you might know of anyone that might be a buyer that's interested in, in um, purchasing the property, I'd love for you to have the opportunity to pick your own neighbor. Now, in addition to that, we're also doing a clothing drive, blah, 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 right? The door knocking is key to get more listings because they see you doing this. They see the, the fireworks show you're about to have at this open house extravaganza. When it's time for them to sell, they're going to think you are my guy or gal, right? That's the person that I really want to do, right? The other house that was listed down the street took six weeks to sell. And I just saw one sign sitting up from some XYZ company and they never did squat. I'm calling this person. Okay. Call the morning of and remind everyone using easy text. So if you don't know what easy text is, Google it, easy text. So now that I've used my dialing system, I'm going to take the numbers that I invited everybody by phone with, and I'm going to send out a mass text message reminding them that the open house is today from 12 to three and my charitable event. Think about the power of that. You just sent out 500 easy texts directly to someone's phone. Do you think you're going to get more people showing up to your open house? Absolutely, okay? Then put out the open house signs with balloons or extra flair. I mean, again, the more you draw attention to this house, balloons, 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 it seems cheesy, it seems over the top. That's what people want, it's marketing, draw attention to it. Then we already talked about this earlier with Anna, live video open house the day of, right? 
guys, I'm at this amazing property. I'm having an open house here today at 123 Elm Street at blah, 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 blah. Then directional signs. We require in our organization a minimum of 10 directional signs for any open house. And that's minimum. I want everybody in a radius to know how to get to this house. Pretty simple, right? Um, other pro tip is a lot of times if you're getting your own uh, directional rider signs, put your phone number on the signs so people can call you and go, I'm a little bit lost. Uh, wait, is the open house still open? Uh, I, I won't be able to make it there until 3.30. Would you mind sticking around? I'd love to see this house. Hello, lead. Hello, lead. Hello, lead. Yes. Okay. And then after that, host two more open houses in the area, if possible, afterwards. So they see you again and again, offer to open, do other open houses. You're probably going to be taking listings in that area anyway, but try to do at least more two, uh, at least two more open houses in that area to get your name branded in their mind. All right. So now you've done your open house extravaganza. You've absolutely crushed it. You coming into Monday and now on Monday, you don't have any offers. What do you do? Now, what do we do? Okay. So in my mind, year after year, every single Monday was drop it like it's hot Monday. I knew that I had to come in. I had to set up this situation with my sellers to make sure they had all the data possible and everything they needed to know so that we can have a powerful conversation so I can adjust the price to get this house sold. Here's what I hear all the time. Well, Brennan, I mean, it was only on for the weekend. I think we're just going to wait another week and see what happens. If you didn't get a buyer that weekend, that means you're not priced correctly. Millions of people knew that that house was for sale and decided not to make an offer. Millions. I think, you know, I, I always tell sellers something like 10.6 million people are looking on Zillow for Colorado every single day, right? Millions decided not to make an offer on this. So I think agents get in your own head about this process. If the house didn't sell after your open house extravaganza, you're coming soon pre-marketing process, then it's not a strong enough value in the eyes of the buyer. And the only thing you can do is this next script I'm gonna show you, okay? Um, so before I show you the script, we're gonna prepare to have this conversation, okay? So every Monday, I, I call, well, when it says here that I call every agent after every showing, if I don't get clear feedback from an agent, so here's what agents do. They send feedback going, great listing. I'm sure you're gonna have an offer soon. What, what, what kind of feedback is that, right? That doesn't do, do anything for me. What, what am I gonna tell my seller that we should raise the price, right? Uh, and you, you guys always put in there the pricing thing. I watch agents do this all the time too, right? Like priced accurately. I'm not going to tell my seller it's priced accurately. If it was priced accurately, I'd have an offer by now. So instead of you forwarding it, because some of us get lazy and just forward the showing feedback to the seller, what we have to do is call the agent and go, well, if it was priced so good and everything was great, why didn't your buyer move forward with it? Oh, it smells like cat piss. Like, yeah, I forgot to put that in the feedback. Oh, so it's the cat smell. That's the reason. Okay, thank you. So, you know, would your buyer be interested if we could fix that smell? No, no, it's just way overpriced as well. I mean, even with that, okay, okay. So now I'm taking the feedback down that I can now give to my seller and make sure we understand the real reason, not the showing time or whatever, you know, you know showing service you're using feedback and giving that directly to them. If you give the feedback directly to them from showing time, you are going to have a massive nightmare in trying to adjust this property because agents want to be nice. They, they think they're being nice in their, their digital feedback. You've got to pry in and get to the root of the cause of why their buyer didn't make an offer. Okay. Uh, so collect and prepare data. Before this call, I'm going to look at how many views were on Zillow, how many saves were on Zillow. I'm going to look at my MLS and see how many people viewed it online, realtor.com, uh, our own personal website. I'm going to look at all of these stats so I understand the amount of activity so I have ammunition to make this price adjustment call. Now, you keep hearing me say price adjustment. That word is very important. We never do a price reduction. Nobody wants to reduce anything. We just need to adjust the price, just, just adjust it a little bit to get some more buyers in it. No one wants to hear that you're reduced. As soon as they hear reduced, they go, reduce your commission, sucker, 
right? I don't want my, I don't want my commission reduced or the, anything like that. I just need to adjust this just a little bit so we can get the, the, the buyers to make an offer. All right. So always price adjustment, never reduction or anything else. All right. Um, so data is critical in the price adjustment conversation. Then I'm going to schedule the conversation ahead of time. Do not call your seller randomly and talk about price. You're sitting there and you're like, all right, I got to get this price reduction. I got to get this price reduction. All right, I'm going to call them right now. All right, I'm going to go for it. They're going to be not ready to have this conversation. They're going to be in the middle of doing something painful. They're going to be in the bathroom. They're going to be, the dog's going to be biting their ankle. Something's going to be happening. They're not prepared for it. And you're going to catch them off guard and they're going to get upset. Schedule the conversation, right? Schedule it, send them a text and go, Hey, I, I want to go over all the activity. If you didn't already have it scheduled from your expectations at 1130, right? And if you have multiple sellers, at one point I was carrying like, you know, 59 listings, you have to schedule them in half hour increments, right? Uh, uh, throughout the day. And, and it actually carried over into Tuesdays as well. Um, when the market was really slow, um, those were different conversations at that time, but you have to schedule it. Okay. Then practice the script I'm about to show you next, and then detach yourself from the outcome. I watch agents all the time go, it's my fault that we didn't get a seller or excuse me, a buyer. Like, oh my gosh, ugh, I'm a failure of an agent. You didn't do anything wrong. The only thing that you did wrong in this entire process is a, you either didn't price it accurately at the beginning to make yourself look like a hero instead of a zero at this point. That's the only thing that you could have probably done better. And then number two, even if you priced it accurately, like we just watched in this recent market, what was accurate? I watched the market change in one week. It literally went from crazy to not so crazy in a week's time. Then in two months, it went from crazy to, are we crazy? Like that's how different that can happen. It's not your fault. I talked to sellers back in February about pricing that is completely different than what's happening right now. You didn't create the market. You didn't create the economy. Detach yourself from the outcome. You're a consultant. Take a breath. Look at it like this, this nice gentleman here. Good picture, Anna. Right? That guy looks like a consultant. Like I would trust that guy, right? Just a nice consultant. That's who you are. Okay. So let's go into this price adjustment conversation. Now, this is a very simple script, but I've, I can tell you, if you learn it, it's powerful. If you decide not to, it's going to be a long road ahead if you're going to be a professional listing specialist. Okay. So Anna, would you like to role play with me? Let's go. Wonderful. So, hey, Anna, uh, again, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to give you a quick up. I mean, you could build rapport. How are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Right. How's it going? Uh, I wanted to give you an update on the results from this past weekend. Uh, we had a great launch th this weekend. We had about 22 people uh, tour your home. So whether it's from the open houses, the showings, you're going to total everybody that came through the property. If one person came through the property, tell them so. Uh, so we had a, a, a good launch weekend. We had a lot of activity online. Unfortunately, only one person made a decision to tour the home, right? So that's just a different way of explaining that. So, but unfortunately, Anna, at this point, no one has decided to make an offer. So Anna, based on all the feedback, we have a few options. Number one, we can do nothing and just wait and see if a, a buyer is going to show up and make an offer on your home. Uh, number two, we can add additional value to your home in the eyes of the buyer. There are a number of things we can do to try and enhance the overall value of your home. For example, we could update the kitchen, do additional landscaping, maybe do some, some things in the backyard to get that looking a little bit nicer. Or number three, we can improve the price of your home so we are, at, we, we are a better value in the eyes of the buyer so that they'll make an offer on your home. Which option would you like to move forward with at this time? Obviously, the perfect scenario is for me to pick number three. Sure. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. So, so that usually uh, that happens quite a bit, right? And the the thing with this is just like with any of uh, sales psychology is shut up after you do the script, right? They're going to be upset. They're sometimes they're going to be upset. Some it just depends on your type of seller. They're going to go, well, they're going to think for a second. Well, it's only been a few days, right? They're going to come up back. They're going to try to process this in their mind to go. It's not me. It's you, right? It's not my house. The reason we're not selling is not because of me. It's because you didn't do squat. Um, uh, it was windy on Saturday. 
you know, my neighbor didn't move their pickup truck out of the yard. There's going to be 50 million excuses on why they think they didn't receive an offer. Brendan, you bring up a good point on that. Most of the time when you deliver these options, the seller processes things out loud, but it doesn't mean it elicits a response on your side, right? They have to go through those responses. And this is when you just have to sit there, smile and nod and let them go through the options without you having to interject and be like, well, yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Right. Don't guide the conversation. Just shut up and listen to what they have to say. Right. Yeah. Well said. We're detached from the outcome. It's like, whatever you want to do, bro. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm still going to make money because I'm selling six other listings right now because I'm a professional listing specialist. You know, that's what you're saying in your head. Do not say that. Right. Do not say that out loud. (laughs) Do not say that out loud. So now you're going to get to the price adjustment objections, right? So if you look at those three questions, they're either going to come back and say, well, you know what, Brendan, you know, we just have a very unique home and we're just going to wait for the right buyer. All we need is one. (laughs) I've heard that so many times. So so here's some of these common objection uh, handlers for price adjustments is I completely, and these are in our script book as well. I completely appreciate that you have a unique home. Right. But but Susie or John or whoever you're talking to uh, and if possible, when you're uh, side note, price adjustment, try to get both on the phone. That doesn't doesn't make sense to talk to one seller if the other seller's not in the conversation, because then what happens is let me go talk to Susie and then we'll call you back. Let's get this done together right now. So if you can have both people on the phone, if you don't know how to do a multi call thing right at this point, then I don't know. Google it. Right. But that's a big piece. So. So you're right, your property is unique. And because it's unique, that's why we're having less showings and activity on it. But here's what we know. I go back to the data, how much, how many people have been through the property. We know that we need to be averaging five to seven scheduled showings to be able to produce one offer. At this point, we've had three or one or zero. So at this moment, unfortunately, because the property is so unique, no one's coming to take a look at it. And every day, Anna, that your property is on the market, it becomes a depreciating asset. May I explain what that means? So I know you're on mute. What that means is, is that from the day that we list, your property becomes less and less attractive to the market every single day until we have a buyer. What will happen is, after amount of time of days build up, you're going to start getting low ball offers, right? You become what I call stale potatoes. Have you ever had stale potatoes? They're disgusting. Well, that's what people think about your listing. So you're in a position right now, Anna, do you want to play offense or defense? Okay. So these are, again, you can see, and this is why we role play in our organization every single day, right? Scripting becomes, I've had to do that role play about 5 billion times and that's just a few of them that are in the, 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 the catalog, right? And then it's like, what am I going to need to leverage this conversation? And it's not selling them on something. It's helping guide them to make a decision that they're going to end up making anyway. They're going to have to do something to get this home sold. All right. So second objection. Okay. I guess we'll take it off the market and then we'll update the kitchen. Anna, you know what? You could definitely take it off the market and update the uh, kitchen. My concern with that is two things. Number one, I've had sellers in the past that have tried to do this. They go through all of this work, money, all this headache. They do all these changes. The market drops another 10 to 15% and the buyers don't like the changes that you've made. So right now, I'd like to present an alternative why don't we either offer a concession in lieu of what it would cost to update the kitchen or do an adjustment in price of that same amount that way you don't have to deal with the risk and deal with all the headache and contractors not showing up and breaking a a pipe or something in your house and i've heard i've seen everything it's it's stressful and we still get the same result okay and then the last one Fine, Brendan, you're right, I guess. Okay, we need to adjust the price. So, so what do you think we should adjust it to? Oh, that is, that is walking into a bear trap right there, right? <laughs> Remember, as a professional listing specialist, you never use the words, I think, I recommend, I suggest. Because when it doesn't work, they come back and they go, you recommended, you told us, you thought that we should do this. It's always, it's not what I think, It's based on what the market's telling us right now. And based on what the market is telling us, 
that like taking a look at the other listings and everything else that's going on, you're going to need to be at this price or lower to get an offer on your home at this point. Now, when you're looking at that agent, people always ask me, well, Brennan, is that a percentage? Is that no, every property is unique, but here's the golden rule. You have to go bigger than you think. I see agents doing five, 10, $15,000 price adjustments. Now, if it's a $65,000 condo, then maybe that's relevant. If it's not a, a trailer park, then that's stupid waste of time. If you think about it, because the seller is going to go, well, why don't we just drop it 10 grand? Well, that's a great thought, Anna. Here's my concern with that is right now we had buyers coming through to see the property. If they were only off by $10,000, they would have made an offer $10,000 less. We didn't receive any offers whatsoever. So what I want to do is when we make this adjustment, we have to put yourself in a position to readjust the asking price. So we create a bidding war, a frenzy to get you to the highest price that the market's willing to bear. Okay. So be careful with that conversation. Go, go three times bigger than you think you need to. Then let them go. Are you out of your mind? You want to adjust the price? $100,000, $50,000, $75,000. Anna, it's not what I want to do. It's what we need to do to get activity on this property because millions of people decided not to make an offer on it this weekend. Every weekend we go down or every weekend that goes by, we're going to lose more and more people. It's your decision. Now, what will usually happen? You'll end up somewhere in the middle, right? You'll end up somewhere in the middle, but now they know that you still thought that they should go even lower. So if you have to go to a secondary price adjustment, you already put yourself in a position to not be the villain. Remember, I told you, Anna, 70, well, you wouldn't say that. So, Anna, I know we had discussed 75,000. You decided to go 30,000. We still don't have an offer. Are we ready to put this where it needs to be? I like that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, if you have questions on any of that, let me know. So now just to finish on time, so offer accepted, present the offer and have it accepted and celebrate, right? This is a big piece in leveraging the listing as well. I watch so many people screw this up. Do not allow the seller to counter ever, ever, but Brendan, but Brendan, but Brendan, right? No. Oh, but Brendan, you don't understand. It was a low ball offer. Uh, do you have multiple offers? No then how do you know it's a lowball offer? Well, we're listed at 750,000, the offers for 700. Okay, and that 750 is an arbitrary number that you came up with from your massive years of experience doing CMAs, right? No, it's a, it's a hypothesis of what you came up with. You gotta remember, you gotta detach the seller from thinking they're losing money. The, the list price is bull, it, it's, I was about to swear, I'm trying not to swear, I didn't swear this whole time. It's baloney. Right? It's it's an, it's a thick it's it's a it's a hypothesis price. So don't think you're losing money. If you have an offer, it's what the market's willing to pay for the house right now. Anytime you allow your seller to counter back, that means that they're presenting a new offer to the buyer that can be rejected. Think about that. I see, I see agents all the time going, I, I've actually been in office, I've heard an agent call up and they go, yeah, man, offer came in at 700, so what do you want to counter at? I'm sorry, what? Okay, we have a whole video on this as well, but this is critical, right, on, on this piece. All right, the next piece, we get past getting the offer accepted. Congratulations, we're going to post on social media, offer accepted, getting more leads, more buyers, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we get to inspection objection. Let's take a screenshot of this email or email us afterwards. This is a banger. This email sets up the inspection objection every single time to make sure that you're using it. If you take one thing away from this, this class today, this email I crafted after about 65 billion different revisions. So I'm going to email this to my seller once we have the inspection objection in the inspection report. So basically it reads as follows, and I'll just do it quickly. The buyer is so uh, good morning, John, Anna, Susie, whoever it is. The buyer is and completed all inspections and their agent has submitted the full inspection report. The buyer's inspection objection is below for you to review. From here, you have a few options to consider before I prepare our response and a formal inspection resolution proposal. And whatever your state might be, I know we have people from all over the country here, but whatever you call your inspection stuff. Right. So number one, you can agree to address all concerns in the inspection objection link below and move forward to a successful closing. 
Number two, propose a credit cash amount at closing from the proceeds uh, that I'll, I'll present in lieu of the of this and see if the and see if the if they can accept and move forward to a successful closing. Number three, propose an alternative resolution with a combination of repairs and a credit and see if they'll accept and move forward to a successful closing. Or number four, reject the buyer's inspection objection, allow them to terminate the contract and not move forward to a successful closing. Okay. Remember, you're a consultant. Being a consultant is all about options. Options. So now when I get on the phone, all I have to do is have an objection handler for every one of these that doesn't end up in numero uno, right? Okay, so think about this. It's all conversations. And really, number one is good. What I really like is number two, proposing a, a cash amount, because I don't even want my seller doing the repairs, right? I usually just want a cash amount to get this settled on. But what I really want is them to accept everything in the inspection objection, do these. I get seller, I get agents all the time going, well, my job is to, to defend my seller's house. If the buyer thinks there's something wrong with the house and they're the ones that have the money, have your seller fix it so they can move forward and sell the house. That's what they want to do. It's not your job to fight over a freaking sewer line or all of this. Like your job is to get them to a successful closing. You're not, your job is not to negotiate a $300 difference from this bid to that bid. I don't know where in your listing agreement it states that you're going to do that. Okay. I've watched agents lose deals over $50 in inspection objection. You know how hard it's going to be to go get another buyer again? Think about it. Okay. Use the techniques. All right. And then lastly, it's sold. We're almost, we're to the finish line. Market the heck out of this. So closing gift with your logo on it, right? Something that's going to stick around that they're going to see in the house forever and forever. And then when it gets old, send them another one. My, I love our cutting boards. I send clients cutting boards over and over years after years because they love it. They go, I love that cutting board, right? Add to your ambassador campaign, right? Your 33 or 36 touch program. Put on a home search right after they close. Put them on an active search so they can see how many listings are going active in their neighborhood on a monthly basis so they can see how the prices are increasing or decreasing. They're either going to get excited and want to sell in the future or get scared and want to sell in the future, but they can't do that if they're not getting properties from you on a regular basis. And then call 30 days after the closing. Number one, I'm calling to, to talk about uh, any issues that came up after the closing. And number two, I'm calling to get referrals. Okay. So. In closing, and thank you for spending two more minutes with me, the thought I want to leave you with is, how do you market a buyer? If you don't see the value of listings, and we know that there's a huge discrepancy here in, in how many agents focus on listings in a listing-based business, how do you market a buyer? Are you going to put a t-shirt on him and walk him around and go, look, hey, this is, this is my buyer. His name's Joe. And if you want to buy with me, please talk to him. No. Listings produce business. Listings save time. Leverage them, love them, snuggle up next to them, fall in love with the listing game, and you'll have great success. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll stay on for a few minutes to answer any questions that you might have about anything we covered today. Uh, and also, Anna, where can they find additional resources for us? Absolutely. So on the next slide, uh, if you want more resources, we have the Real Talk podcast. We also have over 125 free coaching and training videos on our YouTube channel. And we also have a private Facebook page where we drop extra resources on a weekly basis that you can take and implement into your business. Um, but for this presentation, we will be posting and sharing a full replay of this along with any resource that either myself or Brendan um, mentioned throughout the presentation. So it'll be a full suite of resources that you can implement immediately. And certainly if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. We're here to help you make your business successful. Yeah. And thank you to everyone for all the great comments and questions on the YouTube channel, Brendan Bardock Real Estate Coaching. I mean, we always respond back to those, me personally. So so if you have questions on things, that's a great resource. And then again, our, our Real Talk podcast. So um, excellent. So I don't know. I'll come off of here just for a few minutes. Uh, if there's any questions, feel free to come off of mute. If not, then cool. All right. Well, I must have covered it all to perfection. Uh, job well done. 
Uh, hey, Brendan, I got a quick question for you. Yeah, please, Scott. Yeah. Um, so I just took a listing um, where I am at a conditional upon sale for another property. And using all of this is going to be a great step forward for it, but also what other situations or, or what other uh, suggestions do you have for this? So what do you mean to get the so property sold the, super quick? Explain to me the conditional. Oh, oh so explain to me the conditional sales scenario. What's the, so what's we put the an offer in, they really like the property. Sorry, let me get my video on. Sorry. Um, they, they, you know, we're under contract on the actual property, but we have, um, a pretty quick time frame. So we're 60 day close, um, to get the gotcha. funds available because they're a cash buyer. So this needs to get under contract ASAP. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and you've already been on the market for how long? Uh, we haven't yet. Okay. So it hits the market this weekend. Yeah. This all just happened, uh, Monday. Okay. So, so this goes back to that pre-conversation on the, the pricing, right? So if we're looking at this pricing, we just have to make sure, especially in today's market right now, a lot of people price off of sold comps off of this and all that. I price against my competition. So I'm going to look at the active listings right now. And I look at it like a, like a ranking system. I have to be the number one overall best value in price size, location, and smell, right? I mean, I have to really hit all of those senses. So if I look at the active competition that's on the market at the time, and I go, okay, if we price at this, I'm gonna be kind of like number three. I need to be number one by a long shot and I need to explain to my sellers, we're right now at this price, we're like in fourth position because this house, this house, and this house, when you look at it overall, this one's a thousand square feet bigger, this one's on the golf course, this one's got that. So I'd first make sure coming out of the gate this weekend, you're the best of the best. And if you're not the best of the best, it's going to be hard, hard, hard to produce an offer very quickly. So that would be number one. And then number two, as far as generating uh, the activity on it, everything we went through today, it's just a process. And then detaching yourself from the outcome. If by Monday you do not have an offer on this, this beautiful listing, then go and have this conversation and then we need to adjust the price to a place that's going to create an asking price that will create a bidding war or a frenzy. At the end of the day, the, the words that you're going to remember forever and ever, everyone on here, the buyer's 